Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Auspicious Entrepreneur, an internet show that exists to encourage, educate, and inspire you along your entrepreneurial journey. Let's face it, building a healthy, successful business is hard work, and it can be a very lonely path. My name is Matt Stanley, and for more than 20 years, I've been helping small and medium-sized businesses thrive using the technology of the internet. As the host of this show, my goal is to deliver valuable information and proven tactics that you can leverage to be even more effective in your business. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Auspicious Entrepreneur. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode two of my podcast. I am so excited to share with you today's topic. It was really fun to produce this show, do the research, and um, I actually learned a lot in the process of getting ready, so I'm so excited to share it with you. So today's episode is titled, Don't Be an Ostrich, or Stop Being an Ostrich. I know it makes no sense yet, but it will. So bear with me while I kind of get into it and, and prepare you for what I want to talk about. So we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about ostriches and not being them, and, and uh, it's going to be so good. But before we do that, if you listen to the first episode, you know there's a flow to my show. So we start with daily inspiration, then we have a word of the day, then we have our topic, and the fourth and maybe most important part every single episode is I'm going to give you some valuable steps to take. I'm going to give you an action plan or a homework assignment or a step-by-step checklist of things to do to take what you've learned actually put it into practice so that you actually get some benefit beyond information. You can actually put it into practice and and help your business be the best business it can possibly be, certainly in your space or in your niche. Okay? Make sense? So that's what we're going to do today. All right. So let's get into the daily inspiration. Now, I'm a bit of a linguist, but I'm also not the best at pronouncing foreign names. And so this first one, I'm pretty sure was German. I think it was a philosopher or maybe an author or something. It is pronounced Goethe. I had to actually Google that because I don't know everything and I wanted to get it right. I like to do things well. So Goethe said this, but I love this quote. I'm starting with this one first for a reason. Are you ready? Here we go. Whatever you can do or dream you can, begin it. Boldness has genius, power, and magic in it. Man, that just makes me feel like Superman when I hear it. I can, I can do anything. Whatever you can do or dream you can, begin it. Boldness has genius, power, and magic in it. So good. All right, the next one's from Helen Keller, who is one of my personal heroes. She had so many obstacles to overcome, physical limitations to deal with, but she didn't do the sour grapes thing. Oh, poor me. She accomplished some amazing things in spite of all those challenges. They didn't even hold her back. She just found a way to overcome. And so she is one of my heroes. And she said this, security is mostly a superstition. Life is either a daring adventure or nothing. Wow. Man, if you, if you know her life story and her personality, that, that quote makes sense that she'd be the one that says it. But man, that's just, that is so good. So good. I want to live every day as an adventure. How about you? All right, now the third one is from one of our presidents, Jimmy Carter. He said this, go out on a limb. That's where the fruit is. It's a super profound quote. It's so simple, but it's true that without risk, there can be no reward. And we don't want to play it safe and live a humdrum life. We want to just, we want to just live a life of, of, of extravagant adventure and fruitfulness and blessing. And you're simply not going to experience that if you stay by the tree trunk where it's safe, Okay. 
So there's our daily inspiration. Now, let's talk about our word of the day. The word of the day for this second episode is audacious. Now, this is one of my favorite words, and it's actually one of the two words that I was considering using in the name of the show. I went back and forth between auspicious and audacious, and I, and I had a hard time choosing, but I landed on auspicious. Audacious was a close contender for, for second place contender for the, the title. Let's talk about what the word means. So it's an adjective, and what it means is showing a willingness to take surprisingly bold risks. Showing a willingness to take surprisingly bold risks. It's a powerful word. It's even fun to say, audacious. Now, one of the best ways that I know to really study a word and understand it is to look at the synonyms. And so I want to share some of the synonyms of this word audacious with you, because I think it really paints a beautiful tapestry with words, word picture of what this word means. Are you ready? Bold. Daring, fearless, intrepid, brave, courageous, valiant, reckless, heroic. Man, those are power words, aren't they? I don't know about you, but I want to be an audacious, auspicious entrepreneur every single day. So at this point, are you wondering why on earth I'd pair my word of the day, auspicious, with today's episode, Stop Being an Ostrich? I mean, what do those two things have to do with one another, right? And are you curious why I would be comparing you, a business owner and entrepreneur, to this animal? Hopefully I've piqued your curiosity a little bit. Let's get into it. Now, just saying the name ostrich probably causes a pretty vivid and specific image to form in your mind's eye, right? Let's face it, this is one of the most unusual animals on the planet, right? It's the largest and heaviest living bird, yet it can't fly. Its species name is camelus, which means camel bird. And in fact, some of its physical features and characteristics are just like a camel when you study it in detail. It's just a weird animal, plain and simple. And I don't think about ostriches very often, but when I do, one very distinct mental picture comes to mind. And it's probably the same one that comes to your mind. Can you guess what I'm talking about here? That's right sticking their head in the sand like an idiot when it's threatened or is afraid, right? Exactly. And what, are, what else are ostriches known for? Aside from having huge eggs that taste good. <laughs> well, ironically, this behavior of sticking its head in the sand is actually a popular myth. It's so popularized that many people, including myself, before I did the research needed to do this episode, actually assume it's a fact, but they don't actually do that. They don't actually bury their head underneath the sand. Here's what they do instead. That expression came from the fact that they do this behavior, but it's, it, it's not literal. It's just an expression based on what they do, right? So what they actually do is they flop to the ground and remain perfectly still, kind of like a possum playing dead, with their head and neck pressed flat to the ground in front of it. And because the head and the neck are lightly colored, kind of a light tan color, they blend in with the sand, which is in their native habitat in Africa. And from a distance, it does look like they've actually buried their heads in the sand because all you can see from a distance when you look at it and doing it is this huge body with black feathers and it looks like it's actually got its head in the sand. So that's where the expression comes from. Not exactly the picture of audaciousness, right? Not bold, courageous, valiant, more like the cowardly lion from the Wizard of Oz. Now, if you've been in business for any length of time, you've probably faced challenges and obstacles that are at best intimidating and at worst terrifying. I mean, I know I certainly have. 
And I'm going to use the ostrich in today's episode as a bit of an object lesson for what not to do. So let's take another look at the ostrich now, but this time from a completely different perspective. Are you ready for some fun facts? Okay, here we go. Ostriches stand, on average, between seven and nine feet tall. They're absolutely enormous. I'm six foot five myself, and everybody that I ever meet says, wow, you're really tall, do you play basketball? I don't, by the way, I'm incredibly gangly and awkward, and you wouldn't want me on your team. I'm so uncoordinated, I'd probably score for the other team. But I'm tall, but compared to me, these things are ginormous, okay? And they're huge, meaning they weigh a lot. They weigh 220 to 350 pounds on average. I, I'm about 200 pounds myself, so these things weigh even more than I do. Not only that, they're fast and they're strong. They have these huge muscular legs that allow them to sprint in short bursts up to 43 miles per hour. That's faster than you're legally allowed to drive with most speed limits in an average road in, in the city. They can maintain a steady speed of 31 miles an hour. And their, their, their babies, these ostrich chicks that are just a month old, can run at speeds approaching 35 miles per hour. When danger threatens, ostriches can escape pretty easily by running away because they're so fast. Not only that, their, uh, their legs can be pretty formidable weapons. An ostrich kick can literally kill a human being or a potential predator like a lion. And each of their two-toed feet has a very sharp, very long claw at the end of it. And besides that, they're agile. These creatures are amazing. Their wings, of course, which don't let them fly, actually act like rudders when they're running, helps them balance, helps them run, and especially if they suddenly change direction, it just helps them move with crazy speed and crazy agility. And then lastly, they have unbelievably keen eyesight. Now, their eyes are five times bigger than a human eye and any other land animal. And during daytime, they can identify moving objects more than two miles away. So what is the takeaway from all these fun facts? The ostrich is an absolutely incredible animal with amazing potential. But they don't always make the best choices, do they? So when they're threatened or they sense danger, they, they really actually have three options to respond. They can run away, they can hide and hope they don't get eaten, or they can stand and fight. I honestly don't know how often an ostrich chooses the third option, but it's certainly not the one they're famous for, is it? They're famous for number two, hiding. And so I want to use that as a metaphor for today's topic. Now, there have been certain moments, heck, there have been seasons and extended periods of time when during my experience, my journey as an entrepreneur, I have felt overwhelmed. I've run into some kind of obstacle, challenge, difficulty that I just didn't know how to overcome or deal with. Maybe it was, you know, a difficult client or maybe it was a marketing challenge or something where I just didn't know what to do and I felt overwhelmed, you know. And that situation really made me feel powerless. It made me feel inadequate and even hopeless because I just didn't know how to proceed. I didn't know what to do. And I doubt that I'm alone in this. And I think it's actually pretty likely that many of you have responded to adversity like I have and just like the ostrich has. Number one, run away from the problem. Number two, hide in the sand or play dead. Hoping the problem will just go away. And in the case of the ostrich, of course, there's literally life and death consequences for that decision, right? They could end up as breakfast, lunch, or dinner, depending on what time of day it is and whichever predator it is that would stumble upon them trying to hide their way out of the problem. 
So we don't want to do that. See, the problem with both of these approaches is that it doesn't accomplish anything productive, for one. And secondly, it leaves the challenge unresolved, doesn't it? It leaves the obstacle still in your way. Nothing has been handled. So we don't want to do that. Remember, though, that we, like the ostrich, always have another option, and that's to stand and fight. Face your lion, whatever it is, head on, and deal with it. Now, does this require courage? Of course it does. Uh, can it be scary? You bet. Absolutely. But really, it's our only choice, isn't it? Because the fact of the matter is that anytime we procrastinate, anytime we put off dealing with something that is unpleasant and intimidating but needs to be dealt with, we're actually letting fear control us. And fear is simply false evidence appearing real. So much of what goes on between our ears in business is simply fear-based. It's something that's not real. It feels scary. It looks scary. It's overwhelming, but it's just fear. It's just false evidence appearing real. If we were to take a close look at it and actually analyze objectively, getting the emotions out of the way, we'd see that that problem actually isn't so scary as we thought. And it's, it's simpler to solve than we might have first realized. So I promised you in the first episode of this podcast that every single show I produce will have daily inspiration. It'll have a word of the day. It'll have some teaching topic or content. And then at the end, it would have some really great actionable information or some task or some homework assignment or some challenge, a call to action, if you will. And so that's where we're at at this point. We're going to give you the most amazing easy process to slay your lion. And what's ironic about this is not only is it easy, it's actually kind of fun. So we're going to break that process down. And I actually went through this process myself, which is where this came from a few months back. I was just in a place in my business where, you know, things were, things were rough. I mean, sales had slowed down and I wasn't getting a lot of new clients and there were just some challenges with projects that we had going where I just, I ran into, I ran into a wall and I didn't know how to fix it. And so I just got really frustrated and out of sheer desperation, I just, I stopped for a moment. I, I pushed the pause button on my emotions and took a deep breath and I went through a process to say, these problems have solutions. Let's find the solutions and let's take care of it. So that process led to an exercise which I've used over and over and over again. I'm going to share it with you because it's kind of like my secret sauce. Every time I'm up against a problem, I just take out my knife and I take out my fork and I cut it down into bite-sized pieces that I can manage. All right? So that's what we're going to do. So before we get started, I want you to prepare. I want you to do one of two things. If you're old school, uh, you're going to get a piece of paper and a pen or a pencil because we're going to write some stuff down. If you're more of a digital person and you don't really like dealing with paper, you want everything just automatically digitized, then you can use software for this. And I'm going to recommend XMind. That's the letter X like Xerox, XMind. It's actually an amazing piece of software that has a freemium uh, business model. It means there's a free version that's absolutely awesome. And there's a premium version you can pay for that adds a lot of other features, especially that are in the realm of kind of collaboration with other people that uh, you certainly don't need, but which you may find helpful. So that's my little tidbit right here, a great resource to refer to. So XMind. There's other mind mapping software out there, but I've never found anything that's as good as XMind, which is free, that uh, does a great job with this. All right, so paper and pencil, or pen, or XMind, or whatever other software-based mind mapping tool you want to use, okay? Once you've got the tools ready, we're going to go through a seven-step process 
to take your problem or your issue and cut it, literally cut it down into bite-sized pieces that are not scary. And by the time we're done with this, you're actually going to have literally a project plan for solving all those problems. Okay, you ready? Okay, step one. You're going to write down everything pertaining to your problem. Now, don't overthink this step. I actually want you to just kind of use a strain of consciousness approach where you don't overthink it. You don't actually think it at all. You just get it out of your head onto the paper. So our goal here is get it off of your mind, out of your mind, and onto the screen or onto the paper because we want to just download or offload and get it out of our headspace. okay? So start with the most big picture problems you can think of related to your challenge and get everything out. And just keep writing or keep typing until there's nothing left because there's real power in putting words to your pain or your frustration and identifying those things that are keeping you up at night or causing you frustration or causing you problems, okay? Step two is we're going to tighten up the list. Now, when I went through this myself a few months back, I did the same process I'm walking you through. And when I took a closer look at the list, I realized, you know what? I've actually said the same thing maybe two or three different ways. And so there's a lot of redundancy. There's a lot of duplication. And so what we want to do is we want to group those things together and get rid of the surplus. Anything that's on there that's the same thing, maybe worded a different way, we're going to just discard it so we're left with a much smaller list, okay? That's kind of step 2A. Now, step 2B is that we want to make a distinction between a symptom and a root cause. Let me explain what I mean. If you're having trouble in your business with your leads not closing, okay, your sales not converting, that's a symptom. Anytime that you're not closing enough sales, that's a symptom. That's not the root cause. That's the symptom. That's the byproduct of the root issue. And the, roots, the root issue there is somehow you're talking to the wrong target audience, the wrong people, or you don't have a clear enough or compelling message, or your offer isn't strong enough. So do you see how that works? We've got this problem. Man, we've got all these leads, but they're not closing. Okay. Well, yeah, part of that could be the problem is that your, your sales staff don't know how to communicate effectively and persuade. And so that, but see, now that'd be a root cause. That'd be a root issue. So it could be that. Or it could be that, yeah, you got a leads, but the way the leads are coming in, the actual entry point where those leads are coming in, you know, they're not buying on the spot. And if you could get them to buy before they after have to make a phone call, then it could be that you could clarify your message and that would solve it. So You've got to make that distinction between, well, is this a symptom or is there a root cause behind the symptom? And this is just a byproduct of that other thing. So we want to get our list away from symptoms and down to root problems, okay? You can keep track of the symptoms, but I want our list to get away from symptoms. I want to get to root causes. So that's kind of step 2B. So tighten up the list, okay? Step three is now that we've got a clean, tidy list that's much smaller than the initial version, which you should have started with, we want to take all of these items and we want to group them based on which kind of which part of the business they belong to, okay? Every single business, I don't care if it's business to business, business to consumer, if it's retail, if it's services, if it's products, it doesn't matter. Every business has these five aspects to them. And I want you to think about the wheel on a bicycle with spokes, right? You probably got that picture in your mind, right? All right, so these are all spokes on the business. Every business has them. The first one is sales and marketing. The second is operations. The third is finances or financial. The fourth is team. That's your people. And the fifth is leadership. Let me say that again. Sales and marketing, operations, financial, team, 
and leadership. I promise you, once you've done this process, every single thing on your list belongs squarely with one of those spokes. So I want you to identify which spoke they belong to because that's going to start to tell us where the problem originates and who needs to take care of solving it. Make sense? Okay. To just, I want to talk about operations for a second. I think sales and marketing, financial, team, leadership, I think those things are pretty self-explanatory. Operations, there's a lot more to it, right? A lot more moving pieces. These are the mechanics of the day-to-day the day-to-day aspects of how the business runs. So there's going to be things like the fulfillment chain, supply chain, customer support, your back office tools, the, you know, the software used for accounting and inventory management and all those different things. And then, of course, the admin side of it. So it's your policies and procedures. It's your legal documents. It's your systems, your processes for how you do what you do. So operations is a huge one. A lot of our issues uh, may, may land there, but I promise you all these things are going to be one of those five. It's going to be sales and marketing, operations, financial, team, or leadership. Okay? So step four is that we're going to then assign a priority for each thing in the list based on severity using a number system of one, two, or three. And then we're going to reorder the list in descending order based on most to least critical. So let me take a second here and camp on this for a moment. The severity of one, two, or three, I want you to think about it like this. A one is an issue that's a fire that's burning the business to the ground. So this is severe. This is high impact. And not only that, but it's actually something that's affecting maybe multiple departments. Think back to those five buckets or those five spokes. Multiple departments, big impact, company-wide. It's just causing all sorts of drama and all sorts of problems. So those are definitely going to be the ones. The twos are, okay, this is, really, this is really important. It's not mission critical, but it is important. We need to deal with it as soon as we can when the, the fires are put out. And then the threes, of course, think of kind of like, man, I, I'd really love to get to that, but if there's any time left after the ones and twos are gone, we'll focus on that. But until the ones and twos are dealt with, we got to keep track of these things, but we can get by without solving them today. Make sense? Okay. So some of the things you're going to find as you're going through this process that you first thought were fires that you put out right now actually may not be as critical as you first thought because, again, it doesn't have an a, you know, organization-wide impact or it doesn't affect multiple departments. So kind of think about it that way. So we've got our list. We've got them organized into the five spokes, or the five buckets. And then we're going to assign a priority based on severity, one, two, or three. Reorder the list accordingly so that we have some sort of, you know, way of looking at this in terms of what needs our immediate attention and what's coming second and third. Okay? Step five, delegation. Man, this is the step where you're going to start to really feel some freedom. You're going to feel that pressure in your chest just kind of loosen. You know, you're going to feel that 50-pound weight on your shoulders just drop off because you're starting to see, you know what? This is, this is not so scary. I actually have some light at the end of the tunnel and I have some solutions that I can really get excited about because I don't have to solve everything myself. You know, I think a lot of small business owners, especially small business owners, they start out with an amazing idea or an awesome product or service, but then they have to build a business to support that to meet the, man, to, to meet the need in the marketplace. And so it's very scary to let go, isn't it? To trust people and to say, well, I know I can't do anything myself, and if I'm ever going to grow this thing, I have to trust people. But if we don't delegate, then we are the bottleneck, and we're going to remain stuck until we can trust other people to take it off our plates. So step five, we're going to delegate every item on the list based on the departments to the departments and let them take it and run with it, okay? Step six, we're going to work as teams to brainstorm solutions for every problem. So what you might want to encourage them to do is actually take the same 
blueprint, if you will, and the same, the same kind of process, and do it not only for, we're gonna actually flip it around. So now instead of identifying problems, we're gonna do the exact same thing that I started with and go down the list, but this time instead of problems, we're gonna come up with solutions again. No such thing as a bad idea. You're not allowed to poo-poo anybody's idea. You're not allowed to have any, any sort of response that's negative or critical. We're, we're, about, we're about solving problems here. And so we're going to, any idea is a good idea. We're just going to get the ideas out. And then we're going to start to kind of assess and critique what, what ideas are feasible and good and, and, uh, and go from there. So using a very similar process, but this time for solutions, okay? And I will tell you that in general, there's probably only four big picture solutions for every problem. And that's either a tool, talent, teamwork, or training. Let me say that list again. Tool, talent, teamwork, or training. Let me explain what I mean by that. A tool is a software tool, right? A software program, an app. Maybe it's, maybe it's an appliance. Maybe it's hardware. Whatever it is, there's a tool that you can invest in that when properly leveraged can go a long way to solving problems efficiently that are really good investment. So think about that. Think about tools. Another is talent. You know, it could be just as simple as hiring someone with specific expertise in a certain area of need and the problem goes away. So you can always hire people that have skills you don't or that have training that you don't or have that a track record of excellence really crushing it in this particular area that you don't, that you can add to your team and now the problem's taken care of. Teamwork. Now, this is your process. This is getting into, you know, the operations side. It could be you've got amazing tools, you've got amazing, you know, talent, amazing people, but you've never really nailed down an efficient, streamlined process to make sure that your, your business is running like a well-oiled machine. And so that's extremely important. Always be open to new ways of doing things. Always be open to new process improvements and continuing education and improvements, things like that, new ways of doing things to where you can be better and better and better, more efficient, more time effective, which of course will result in better profit. And then the last one, training. This is education. So this is where you maybe you have everything that you need, all the ingredients, the recipe, everything, but there just isn't the training. You need to train people up. You need to coach them up. There needs to be some additional education that happens so they can be the best possible versions of themselves. And the more you can invest in your team, the more they're going to be an asset that helps you make money, okay? So there you have it for step six. Work as teams to brainstorm solutions for every problem, realizing there's probably only four buckets of solutions that you have that you can solve problems with, and you just find the right one that fits the situation. Tool, talent, teamwork, or training. And then this final step, step seven, is to assign deadlines for fixes based on the severity and the impact. Now, I'm really, really good at problem solving. I'm really good at following this process to build a roadmap and, uh, you know, find, find the fixes and, and put in place everything I need to solve the problems. What I'm not so great at is the deadlines, right? Um, in, in the business I'm in, marketing business, we live and die by our deadlines. If we don't meet deadline, we have clients that are frustrated and maybe even ad campaigns and advertising and things that can't happen and people are frustrated. So when it comes to client work, we have to meet deadline and we, we make sure that we do that. But in my own life, in my own business, trying to take that same kind of way of thinking about how I run my business and putting it on working on my business instead of just working in my business can be very difficult to translate. So I'd encourage you, what you measure, 
you'll be able to improve. And what you put a deadline to, you'll more likely get done than not. You cannot hit a target you can't see, right? You can't hit a bullseye if there's no target you're aiming at. And better to aim at the moon and miss than aim at a skunk and hit, right? I would much rather aim high and say, man, this is going to require some stretching and, you know, I... I, I I think I can do it, but it, but, but it might be really difficult. I'd rather do that and miss it than just never give myself the deadline and never commit to saying, I want this done by a certain date because you, f you tend to rise to the challenge. And if you have that expectation with your people, you'll be amazed at what they can accomplish if you'll just command, if you'll just expect more from them, all right? So put a deadline on it. Okay, so I've covered a whole lot of stuff during this episode. I realize it's been a pretty meaty, pretty packed full uh, episode. So I'm gonna go back and kind of recap real quick we talked about uh, before I close out with some kind of bonuses for you, okay? Be audacious. Don't be the ostrich with the head on the sand, not in the sand. Be audacious. Be bold. Be courageous. Confront the lion that is your problem. Kick it in the face. Kill it and win, okay? Beat it. So how do we do that? Well, we go through this process of breaking it down into simple bite-sized pieces, so step one, write down everything pertaining to your problem. Just get it out. Get it on the paper. Get it on the screen, but get it out of your head until there's nothing left. Number two, pare it down. Tighten up the list. Consolidate. Simplify. Identify root causes and discard symptoms because the symptoms point to an upstream problem, something upstream from you. It started there, but I'm seeing it here. Let's go fix it at the source, okay? So you have a, a smaller list. Step three, group each problem based on what part of your business it belongs to or directly affects. That can be sales and marketing, or operations, or finances, or your team, or leadership. Step four, assign a priority based on severity using one, two, and three, with one being the most urgent, time sensitive, because it has the greatest impact to your business. Reorder the list based on that descending order of severity. Step five, delegate each item on the list or each group of items based on the, the five spokes on the wheel to the department it belongs to and then hand it off to them to take care of it, and then have them follow the same process in reverse, but with creative problem solving to solve the problem and build an action plan. So work as teams to brainstorm solutions for all the problems, step six. And again, you're gonna use a tool, a talent, teamwork, or training to accomplish that. And then step seven, assign a deadline for fixes based on the severity and the impact. Make sense? Okay, pretty, pretty easy, pretty fun. It may not sound fun, believe me. Once you get started, it will be fun. And it'll be fun because you're going to get your power back. Instead of being intimidated, instead of being paralyzed, instead of being overwhelmed, instead of having information overload of, I just don't know what to do. You're going to know what to do because you're going to literally engage with solving the problem using a process that's fast. It's actually pretty easy. Once you start, you're not going to be able to stop. And before you know it, you'll have a game plan, a battle plan, if you will, to, uh, to kill that problem dead. All right? Now, I want to refer to some great tools to help with this. There's an amazing book written by Brian Tracy called Eat That Frog. I know it sounds weird, but uh, literally this book changed my life. It's called Eat That Frog. And what this book teaches is how tackling the biggest problem that has the greatest impact will make you so much more effective and profitable because you're not spending your time kind of stroking your ego, feeling good about all the to-do list items you got done, but not making any real lasting, impactful change in your business. So you got to get that book. Check it out from the library if you have to, so you don't have to pay for it, but you got to read the book. It's amazing. It helped me t tremendously. Eat That Frog by Brian Tracy. It'll help, it'll help you with, 
with even identifying what things are ones and twos, okay? The next thing I already referred to, but I'll, I'll reference it again real quick, is XMind. This is amazing mind mapping software that you can really quickly blast out all this stuff in just minutes and have an actual visual representation of the problem, which is super helpful. You can share with your colleagues. And then uh, the last thing I'll mention is Asana. Now, Asana is project management software. It's cloud-hosted kind of software as a service um, tool that will help you do project management, and uh, it's what we use. We've actually gone through a number of different software programs through the years, but we've settled on that one. I've been very happy with it. And the feature set for the price point is phenomenal. I, I love it. I could not run my business without it. Asana, A-S-A-N-A. -A. I don't get paid by any of these guys to promote these products. I've just used them in my business, and I know it's been life-changing for me, so I want to pass those tips on to you, okay? Well, that's the end of my episode. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the end, if you're still with me. I really appreciate your listenership, and I would just uh, encourage you, if you haven't already done so, please subscribe on whatever platform you're using to consume this content because I'm going to be releasing new episodes all the time. I really wanted this to be a daily show. Uh, I don't know that that's terribly practical at this point given the fact that I do have a successful marketing agency to run, but um, at least two or three episodes a week and um, there's going to be more content coming out all the time. So please do subscribe. If this was beneficial to you, you found it helpful, please share it with someone else. Refer, there, it's easy to share. We're using a lot of really cool technology to make this easy to share. So share it with someone else. Refer them the episode so that they can listen and benefit from it. And uh, please leave comments, leave feedback, and uh, even reviews. I really do want this to be a show that adds awesome value, something you, you literally cannot wait to, to listen to new episodes as they come out because we're just giving you so much value. So, um, but the, part of that is it's a synergistic relationship of partnership, right? So I need your input. I need your feedback. And if you give me ideas for future episodes, I'd love to actually produce shows and content around the things that hit you where you live that you could use some advice on as an entrepreneur and we can actually make shows based on that feedback. So feel free to do that. And um, yeah, I think, uh, I think that's it for today. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you next time on The Auspicious Entrepreneur. You have a blessed and prosperous day. Thanks for tuning in. Bye-bye for now.